Hey there, Evangel family. Pastor Chris here. I'm so thankful to have the opportunity to spend this time with you. Wherever you're watching this message in the service today, I know that God has a divine appointment for us. I'm so thankful that the church is not defined or confined by the four walls in a building. We are the church when we gather together in Jesus' name and when we open his word and his truth and invite his presence to meet us at this hour. And that's what we're going to do during this time. Maybe you're watching this and you're a part of our Evangel family. Welcome. We're so thankful that you're here. Maybe you're wandering by or someone uh, has shared this on their social media platform or encouraged you to tune in. I believe everyone that's watching at this hour in this moment God wants to speak to us and help us. You know, it's easy to feel overwhelmed as we're going through all that's happening around us. This has literally become a crisis in our neighborhoods, in our nation, in our entire world. And it's easy to be overwhelmed by what's happening around us. Is anyone here that's watching today feeling that sense of overwhelm? Are you feeling that sense of just not sure what to do? Some are talking about feeling such sense of anxiety or panic can't sleep at night, whatever it might be. I want you to know I believe God has a word for us today that's going to set us free and help us to set our eyes on him. So I'd encourage you today to meet us and and lean in and let's get the most out of what God wants to say to us as we look to his word. Before we jump in, I want to invite you right where you are, watching at home, wherever you find yourself, maybe with your family, would you take time right now just to join me in a word of prayer? Maybe you're standing with your loved ones around you. Would you hold hands right now? And can we just begin to invite the Lord to meet us during this time? Pray this with me. Dear Jesus, I ask you to meet me in this moment. You know what I need. You know what we need. And we trust you today to speak to us and to move in your power. Come on, repeat this with me right now. Jesus, help me to see like you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm so thankful that we have an opportunity again to open God's word. You know, when I think about that word overwhelmed, I actually looked it up in the dictionary. um, And whenever I saw that, it, it says to bury or drown beneath a huge mass, to defeat completely, or to be inundated with too much. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? That's what it feels like right now for many. Wondering what to do, where to turn, how we're going to find provision. Some are out of work or not sure when work is going to resume. Some businesses have shut down or have drastically rolled back. And there can just be such a sense of need that it can feel paralyzing at times. I know exactly what that feels like because we're all living it together. But as we look, I want to encourage us to do something today. And it's why God's word is so powerful. It's why spending this time not tuning into all the news outlets or what everyone else has had to say. You've been maybe listening to that all week or since this began. I'm sure it's not helping you sleep. It doesn't help me sleep much just to listen to all the chatter happening in the world. But instead, when we open God's word, something beautiful happens. There's an elevating that can happen in our thoughts and in our minds. I'm reminded of this verse of scripture found in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. It says, Therefore, since you have been raised with Christ then strive for the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. So what God's word tells us, there's two realities that are playing out simultaneously as we're living in the midst of what's going on. There is the earthly things. It's everything that we're feeling, everything that we're sensing, all the panic, all the uncertainty, all the questions, all the frustrations, All of the overwhelm. Can we just use that word today? Overwhelm. But then there's another reality on the things above. What's happening in heaven? Can I assure you of something today? That you can look to God's word from front to back and I promise you it proves this one truth with absolute clarity. 
the reality of what's happening here is not the same as what's happening in heaven. This has not put heaven on lockdown. There is not quarantine. The angels have not stopped singing. Jesus is still on his throne. God is still the Lord and creator of everything. And I want you to know today, he is not panicked. Come on, think about this with me. Ask this question, answer this question. If you believe in God, if you believe there's a God that's created the heavens and the earth, if you believe in Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, that God loved us so much he sent his son, here's the question I have for us all to consider this morning. Does God know what he's doing? Does God have a plan for what's going on in the world around us? I believe he does. I believe God knows, and I believe God is ready to move. That while everyone else is stepping back and wondering what to do, God is ready to move on our behalf. I believe the Holy Spirit's put a prophetic word in my heart today. I don't say that lightly, but I say it because I've wept over the word I'm going to share with you this morning. I've wept over this time in God's presence because I know this is our hour, church, to be who he's called us to be. And so when we set our thoughts on things above, where Jesus is seated, the Bible says, then our prayer is what we've been walking through. Jesus, help us to see like you. And that's where we're going to get to our passage of scripture for this week. It's found in Luke's gospel, chapter 9. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up with me there. If you're um, watching on church online right now, then you can actually click right there and you'll see there's a Bible on the side of the screen. You can turn there. And I'd encourage everyone today, write down these notes, share them with someone. In fact, take a time right now to share this on any of your social media platforms because there are many that are feeling overwhelmed. And I really feel this word in particular today is going to help us overcome that sense of overwhelm and find the peace that's surpasses all understanding. It's found in the presence of Jesus. So let's look here in Luke's gospel chapter 9. What's so amazing again is that this is one of our readings in our See Like Jesus reading plan. If you go to our website or click the links that you'll see right there in social media or wherever you're watching, you should be able to find that pretty easily. You can go to our website evangelchurch.com forward slash see like Jesus, but it is our reading for this week where we find this passage of scripture and it's a timely word for us at this hour. Let's look in Luke's Gospel, chapter 9, and here we find a passage of scripture that's actually mentioned in every one of the four accounts of the life and ministry of Jesus. There were some miracles that were so amazing that Jesus performed that every one of the gospel writers wrote them down, told the story, and you'll see slight nuance and, and specific things within each one that are really remarkable. So I'll encourage you, at the end of this upcoming week's reading, when you come to this day of reading, that you will lean in and just read it again and find with fresh eyes what God wants to say to you. He's spoken to me, and I believe he's speaking to everyone watching today. So as we come to Luke chapter 9, we see that there's a, a situation that's unfolding that's uh, caught the disciples and Jesus a bit off guard, but as we soon find out, it didn't really catch Jesus off guard. It says, starting in verse 10, when the apostles returned... They reported to Jesus all the things that they had done. They had gone out and they had seen God do some amazing things. They were sent out to go and heal and to bring the good news of the kingdom. And then Jesus took them with him and they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. But the crowds learned about it and they followed him. And he welcomed them and he spoke to them about the kingdom and he healed those who needed healing. But then late in the afternoon... The twelve came to him and said, send the crowd away so that they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside to find food and lodging, because we are in a remote place here. So whenever we look at this, I just want to paint the scene for you for just a moment. When we consider what is going on and unfolding in this passage of scripture, Jesus is with his disciples, he's healing the sick, he's, he's preaching the good news, he's telling them um, about who he is and about what he's come to do. 
And as that's happening, people have gathered all around. What I'm so thankful of is Jesus doesn't turn people away. People come from far and wide. Some of us, we can feel like our lives are so messed up, God would want nothing to do with us. Well, if you look at the life of Jesus, he welcomed everyone to himself. And he loves us right where we are. And he loves us too much to let us stay right where we are. He wants to meet us and change us forever. And so Jesus brings him, he draws him near. And then they run into this crisis. Say that word with me, crisis. They have a crisis on their hands. They have so much need. They have thousands of people all around them. And as the people are pressing in, they start to realize, just as, as you can, if maybe you've been in a meeting that's gone too long or you've been uh, at a full day and, and you're there, there's a time where you know, you're hearing what someone's saying but your stomach is speaking a little louder. The growling in your stomach is starting to rise up and, and maybe it's even hard for you to focus. So at some point during this time where Jesus is healing and all this happening, they recognize people are hungry. And as they're hungry, the disciples start to realize this need is so great and we've pulled everyone away and we're in this remote place where there's a lack of provision. What are we going to do? So they got thousands of people. You got 12 disciples and you got Jesus. And they're like, you know what? Jesus, just send them away. We've done enough and, and, and we're just going to have to help them go help themselves. They're just going to have to go figure this out. So please, Jesus, send them away so they can go and find whatever they need at this hour. And you know what? As crisis happens, there's, there's this natural part of us that could want to just lean in and figure out how we're going to help ourselves or, or feel ultimately like the crisis is too big for us to do anything about. It's, it's, it's huge. I mean, when we think about us, me, you, I look at what's happening and all I want to do is make a difference. I want to do something. Many of you have reached out and said, Pastor, what's Evangel doing? We want to do something. We want to be a part of that. I believe the Lord's going to teach us exactly what we could do from this passage of Scripture. And so it can be easy to feel overwhelmed and feel like, I can, I can do nothing. But this is what I want you to know is that whenever we feel that sense of need, when it's bigger, no matter how big it is, the answer, the first thing, we're going to give you a few points that I want you to lean into today from God's word. The first thing you must do when you see the need, no matter how big or how small it is, always come to Jesus with your need. So today, if you're feeling something right where you're at, today, if you're feeling crippled and panicked, you're feeling overwhelmed in every way, whatever that need is in your life, bring it to Jesus because he's the one who has the power to meet you, to lead you, and to guide you. And so let's just continue to look at this for just a few moments here. So they lean into Jesus. They tell him that they're overwhelmed. They don't know how they're going to take care of all the people that are around them. And Jesus begins to speak to them. He begins to meet them. And I want you to know something. We talked about it that there's two realms. You remember that? The, the heavenly realm and then there's the earthly realm. There's the heavenly things and the earthly things. On this level, we are all overwhelmed. Our leaders in government are overwhelmed. It's easy to understand. I hope you're praying for all your leaders as I am because it's easy to feel overwhelmed. But again, let's just for a moment see like Jesus. Let's take it to a different place. Let's imagine what's going on in heaven. Is Jesus overwhelmed? Jesus is not overwhelmed by the need. He wasn't overwhelmed by this need. They said, there's 5,000 people and we don't got any food, Jesus. What are we going to do? Same way. Lord, there's all this havoc breaking out around us, Lord. And we don't, we don't have a vaccine or a cure. We don't know what to do, Lord. Jesus isn't overwhelmed by the coronavirus. Jesus isn't overwhelmed by what's going on right now. Jesus is not uh, in a place where he's looking to push anyone away. Instead, I believe Jesus is ready. He stands ready to meet the need. In Brazil, there's this famous statue called Christ the Redeemer. And it's really beautiful. And, um, and it kind of hangs up in a very high place, high and lifted up, and arms are wide open. And here's what I want you to know. When everyone else is wringing their hands, 
trying to figure out what to do. When everyone else is scrambling, I, I really believe this is the position of Christ at this hour, that his arms are wide open and he's ready to meet the needs. He's ready to meet people right where they are. I'm telling you, this is a moment in time where the Lord is gonna do something so special if we can look to him and see through his eyes. And so Jesus isn't overwhelmed by the need. He's not overwhelmed by any of the things that are happening. And Jesus has a plan. Do you believe that today, that Jesus has a plan? Come on, let me hear you. Tell the person next to you, do you believe that Jesus has a plan for what's going on? He does. He had a plan for what's going on here. Let's pick back up in Luke's Gospel, chapter 9, and Jesus has a plan. So let's figure out what that plan is, because I'd really like to know. Verse 13, here's what it says. He replied to them, you give them something to eat. Hmm, no, I don't think I like that. You is that what it says in your, your scripture as well? You give them something to eat. Anyone? I'm reading the NIV. Maybe if you read it in somewhere else, does it say someone else? No, he says you? Okay. That's troublesome. That's the plan, Jesus. The disciples who are overwhelmed are going to be the part of meeting the need and providing. Uh, <laughs> you give them something to eat. I mean, just imagine that right now. You give them something to eat. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he's saying... You are a part of the solution. I believe God's saying to us today, we're a part of this. If we bear his name, if we are his followers, that same call that they lived out then is being lived out right in this hour. That if you feel that you are overwhelmed by the need, if we come to Jesus and we're willing to bring our need before him, he may want to use us to help meet that need. He said, you, give them something to eat. So how do we do that? Well, Jesus goes on and they begin to feel that level of questioning and overwhelm. Same thing that you would feel if you were standing there. And uh, in the rest of verse 13, they say, we only have five loaves of bread and two fish unless we go and buy food for this entire crowd. And it says, the Bible says right after that in verse 14, that it was about 5,000 men that were there. And so when they counted in this time, in ancient times, it was not just uh, men, it was women and children, but they only counted the men present. So you could have anywhere from 15 plus thousand people total present, listening to Jesus and hungry. And all they have is five loaves, two fish. How far can it go among so many? In fact, they give an idea of what it would, what it would cost in one of the other gospels. They say, we would take a half year's wages, and I'm not even sure then. We can meet the need that's in front of us. So Jesus then begins to hear that and receive that. So they come to Jesus and they offer what they have. That's the second thing I want to say. The first thing is you come to Jesus. Then second is offer Jesus what you have. Well, here's what I have, Lord. It's five loaves and two fish. How much can it really do when the need is so great? Let's see. You know, even as I think about it in today's terms and what we're walking through today, so many of you have asked, what, what can I do, Pastor? The need is so big and I'm so, I want to do something, but I, I feel paralyzed. I'm, I, I, I can't go around groups of people and big groups of people and, and all these things, so what do I do? Well, I have some things in my, in my house. Well, let me see what, what I have here. And I go and I, well, I have a few things here. If I go and I rummage through all of my goods in my closet, you know, I... I have some orange juice, you know, that's good for immunity. It'll keep people's immune system good. And, and I have some Cheez-Its and some crackers. That could, that could maybe do something. And a, some fuel bars, an oatmeal raisin. You know, I got three of those. And I, I got some beef stew. And then I got, uh, this is basically gold right now because you cannot find this in the stores. I got some disinfecting wipes. And I'm not giving away any of the toilet paper because, man, people are really upset. But this is what I have, Lord, and I, I'm going to 
bring it, but what can we do with such a need? I mean, if we all combined our incomes, our, our salaries, and we took up a giant collection, how, how could we have enough to meet this need? It's so big. There's so many people right now that are vulnerable and at home. There are the elderly that are afraid to go out of their homes or even being told to stay right where they are. How are they getting groceries? How are they getting supplies? How, how are they getting met? We're now finding out that, that the CDC is saying that once someone is diagnosed with the uh, COVID virus that they must stay, remain self-quarantined, them and their family, for 14 days. How are they getting supplies? How are they getting relief? The need is great, and, it, and what they're saying is that it's spreading, and, and more cases are on the way as testing is continuing, so the need is just so great. What can we do? You know, we can do, we can come to Jesus, and we can just offer him what we have, the little bit, and let's see, could Jesus take and could he multiply? Could he do a miracle again? I believe that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I believe God can meet us right where we are. Bring him what you have. If all you have today is the ability just to come before Jesus and say, Lord, all I have is my trust in you. All I have, Lord, is this little bit of faith to believe that you're going to carry my family through this. Then you come with that as well and say, Jesus, I bring you what I have. Bring what you have to Jesus. Come to him with your need and bring him what you have. All that you can muster up and trust him, lean into him. Because that's where the miracle's found. That's where the Lord can meet us and can multiply and can heal and can restore. The Lord's bigger than what we're walking through. He's not moved by it. And the Lord is ready to move as a response to it. And I, and I believe that with everything within me. And so, so we, we see this, that Jesus begins to um, speak to them. And, and, and I love this uh, next part of verse 14. Jesus then begins to instruct his disciples. And he says, have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. And I, and I have to think that Jesus had something. He understood the social distancing thing, I think, uh, because he says 50. We know many of us are restricted to gatherings of 50. Um, hopefully, maybe they're in little parts of 10, no more than 10 or more. But, um, but Jesus is getting them in groups of 50. I mean, it's just amazing to see the parallels of what's going on in this passage and the incredible need around us. I pray you're seeing that. Uh, it's really overwhelming. So Jesus, So Jesus has them sitting down at this place, at this time, in groups of 50, and the disciples are doing that. That really brings us to our third point. I didn't hear any of the disciples say, why, Jesus, why 50? I didn't see any of them say, but, but what's that going to do? I mean, what are we, we going to do here, Jesus? What they did is they were obedient to his word. When Jesus spoke it, they trusted him. He's the same one that healed the sick. He's the same one that's taught the principles of the kingdom. They've seen him do amazing things. He calms the, the, the storms. He... He can even raise the dead to life. So when Jesus speaks and when he gives his word, then let's respond in obedience. And that's the third thing that we can all do today is we can be obedient to his word. And as we do that, we can then put ourselves in a position where God can work the miracle. If we come to him, if we bring him what we have, and if we're obedient to his word. And I would just encourage you, it's so easy to run to the news stations. It's so easy to run to all these outlets and to feel overwhelmed and, and to just take in all that information. But please, would you only take that in in proportion to the word of God? Don't let that be the only source of information because that will bring no transformation into your life. But the word of God is living and active and the Lord can speak to you and he can cause you then to move according to what he tells you, to live your life and lead your homes, parents, dads, moms. I know some of you, you, you feel sense of overwhelmed. Lean into God, lean into his word. He will lead us through this. So be obedient to his word, but we've got to be in his word to be obedient. So read through the reading plan or just spend time meditating on God's word and finding peace in him. And so the disciples did, verse 15, and everyone sat down. 
And then Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish and he looked up to heaven and he gave thanks and he broke them and he placed it in the hands of his disciples. If you, if you could write on your Bible, write underline that. He placed the provision in the hands of the disciples and then he instructed them to go distribute it to everyone that was hungry and had need. It's amazing because this miracle of multiplication was happening right in their midst and it's as if every time they came to Jesus, he begins to hand them more and more and more and more and it's as if there's this never-ending supply that started with so little but they trusted and they were obedient and Jesus was in the equation and they brought their need to him and they, 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 they looked to him and he looked to heaven and then the Father opened up the windows of heaven and gave so much provision and so they just begin to distribute to everyone that has need until everyone is full. This is an act of faith. It's an act of beginning. It wasn't that they waited for Jesus to fill up enough baskets. They just began to take whatever was there and they brought it to every person that had need. And the Lord met the needs of everyone. Jesus has the power to multiply. When we take what we have, that little bit of faith, maybe you feel like you don't have any kind of relationship with God, but will you bring whatever you have and just begin to devote this time, this season to leaning into God and trusting him? You're gonna find that that little bit that you feel like you have, the Lord multiplies. Man, I want to tell you, anything when you bring it in the presence of Jesus has the power to grow and to multiply and become everything the Lord would want it to be. I believe the same could even be true of this. I have my little need, Lord. I want to meet the needs of many. And there's so many people that are feeling so overwhelmed. Do you know why we feel overwhelmed? Because overwhelm is connected to hopelessness. Whenever we don't have any hope, whenever we feel like all hope is lost, that sense of hopelessness, I believe, is one of the most dangerous things happening right now. Yes, the fears and the things surrounding this virus and its spread and the health concerns are very serious. But I believe just as serious, if not more serious, is the fear and the hopelessness that's filling the hearts of people. I've already been in contact with people around this part of New Jersey that have contracted the COVID virus and are now shuttered up in their homes. People that have reached out and, and, and just talked about how hopeless they felt. Some have tuned into our prayer meeting. Some have reached out. Some are, are, are not even connected to our community, but this hour they're looking for something because hopelessness is meeting them and they are stuck where they are for the next two weeks in that sense of it. So hopelessness. But Jesus brings hope to everyone. For many that looked at that crowd that day and looked at the need, they felt hopeless. But I'm thankful today the Bible says that Jesus is our hope, and we have this hope as an anchor for our soul, and we've been giving new birth into a living hope through Jesus and his power risen from the dead. There is hope in the name of Jesus. I want you to know today, hope will not be found in anywhere else. Hope has a name, and it's not the United States of America. It's not a president or a world leader. Hope is Jesus. He is our hope. He is our living hope. He's alive, and he's able to fill anyone today if you're watching today, right where you are, maybe you're one who is shuttered up in your home. You've contracted the virus, you've been sent out, and now there you are, and you're feeling hopeless. And your family around you is feeling hopeless. I want you to know, hope has a name, and this moment is not an accident. The Lord wanted to speak to you right where you are. He wanted to tell you that he loves you, and he has a plan for you, and he's going to see you through this, and he's going to provide what you need at this hour. Because hope has a name, and our God is a God of all hope, and he can completely overcome that feeling of hopelessness and overwhelm that many of us are walking through. And so what we need to do is we need to come to him. We need to bring to him what we have, and then we need to be obedient to his word. So right now, I want every person right where you are to just look at me. 
because we're gonna begin to live this out. I want you to know if you're battling hopelessness today, you can place your hope in Jesus and you can put your trust in him because he has a plan and he's the only one that can lead us through this. I found that I can't lead my own life. It's a wreck. I can't find my security in the things of this world. We see how, how easily all that can brush away. But I want you to know that if you're willing to put your hope and your faith and your trust in Jesus, that he can change your life forever and he can fill your home and your heart and your life with peace. So right now, everyone watching, I want you just to do an inventory of your own life. Where are you with God? What's going on there? Do you have that peace? Do you have that hope? Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? Are you confident today that if your life were to come to an end, that you would be in God's presence? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is my hope. He's my only hope. He met me when I was an atheist and I had, I had no faith in God, but I had a moment that God used in my life, a difficult moment, to bring me to a place of waking up and realizing that there is a God who exists, who loves me, who loved me so much that he sent his son to die for me. And I didn't have to just know about this God, I could know this God personally. And I made a decision years ago to have a personal relationship with Jesus. I'm not talking about religion, not talking about church attendance, I'm talking about having a relationship with God, a living relationship with him. So what I did, and what the Bible calls us to do, because if we're gonna do this, we gotta be obedient to his word, Bible says if we confess our sins, he's faithful to forgive us of all of our sins. That if we call upon the name of the Lord, we will be saved. If we put our trust in Jesus, he died for our sins and he rose from the dead. That's what we're gonna be celebrating in a few weeks on Easter Sunday. Then we can have brand new life. So right where you are, would every person just bow your heads and close your eyes, right in your homes, right where you're watching this. Let's let this be a moment. Don't worry about who's around you, if anyone's around you. This is a moment between you and the God that created everything. And he says, I have a word for you. I love you, I know you, I know everything you've ever done, and I have a plan. I have a plan for your life. I know every skeleton in your closet, and if you bring it to me today, I will forgive you of everything. The Lord loves you so much, and he wants to have a personal relationship with you. So if you're willing to bring what you have, and I know it may not look good, maybe shame and sin and all kinds of brokenness, you know you haven't been living right. But today you want to get right with God. I want you to know Jesus' arms are wide open. He's ready to meet you. So I'm going to invite you right now, if you're ready to take that step, to pray this prayer with me from the bottom of your heart. Come on, pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my life to forgive me of my sins. Lord, they've separated me from you. But today, I place all my hope in you. You are my hope. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose again. And today, you're going to give me a brand new life. Thank you for your forgiveness. I will follow you all the days of my life. In your name, amen. Look at me right now. This is the greatest decision that you've ever made. And I want you to know that although you may feel alone today, you don't have to walk this journey alone. We don't want anyone that's a part of the Evangel family, or anyone watching today to have to walk out this journey alone. You just made the first step in the rest of your life, but don't walk the journey alone. Here's what I want you to do. Take out your phone right now, and I want you to dial this number into your text message, 908-325-5163. You're going to see it right on the screen, and I just want you to send the word Jesus. Text that to us, and that's going to let me know that you began a personal relationship with Jesus today. He has become your hope, and because of that, 
we're going to then be able to send you some resources. I want to give you a free resource called Following Jesus, Seven Steps to Beginning a Relationship with God, and we want to help walk with you every step along this journey. God has amazing plans for your life, and I'm so excited and proud that you've made this decision. Maybe you said that, and, and this is you recommitting your life to God, and you, you've done that. You go ahead and text us as well. We'll put those same resources in your hand. If you're serious about following Jesus today, if you've been far from him, but this is the moment the Lord has waking you up and you're ready to follow him with everything you have, then you text us at that same number and we're going to help you along the way. And so let's just recap. We looked at these three areas. And how can we apply this to our lives today? Some of us say, well, I already have that relationship with God I already am a follower of Jesus, and I'm still full of that fear and that overwhelm, or, or I'm really overwhelmed by the need, and I, and I want to do something, but I don't know what to do. Well, we've been praying about that. I've been praying. I've been fasting and praying. From the moments this broke out, I began to fast and pray and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us, because we believe some things here at Evangel Church, that God still speaks today by the power of his Holy Spirit, and that he can show us, he can give us revelation and understanding on how we can move. Since this moment broke out for us as a church, we weren't taken aback by fear in our leadership. Instead, we leaned in and we prayed from the first moment, said, Holy Spirit, whatever the plan is, show us and let Evangel Church lead the way to be a part of it. And I'm excited today because I want to begin to show you some of the ways that we can make a difference right now, today, right where we are, and how Jesus can take us applying this message to our lives and, and propel us to some great ways. And so uh, if you want to see that, I want you just to, to kind of imagine this with me. You know, I go into my own things, just like the, the need. The need is great. There are people shut in their homes. I told you about the 14-day quarantine for many, uh, the feelings of hopelessness. And one of the greatest things that someone could receive would be some, some essential care items. And so if I were to take what I have and I put it here and I just took my little bit and I was willing to offer it to Jesus, and say, I don't believe the answer's coming from anywhere else, Lord. They're figuring everything else out. But Lord, I believe you're our provision. So we take that and we put it there. And I just want to show you what this is going to look like. You ready? So come on, let's follow me here. So we take that and we begin to just walk with the Lord. We bring it to Jesus. And as we're willing to do that, I believe the Lord can work a miracle and he can multiply. You know, whenever we think about the need and we think about what's been going on here at Evangel Church, I truly believe this is our hour. This is our time to be the light of the world, to be salt and light, to shine into our community. I told you last week that we need to see the opportunity to shine. And so church, we're made for this. We've often said it's not about going to church, it's about being the church. Are you ready to be the church? When I think about who we are, maybe you know us, maybe you don't, but let me just remind you of a few things. I want to share with you our values as a church. One of our values, our first one, this is us, is that Jesus is the author of our story. What that means is everything begins and ends in him, with him. He's the author of this. He knows what's going on. He understands the needs that are around us, and we trust him. We look to him. He's the author and the finisher. The Lord is with us at the beginning of this, and he is going to see us through it to the end. We row together. We really believe in the power of teams here at Evangel. We believe that we are called to row together, to get together and to do everything we can to move in the direction of where God is leading us. We believe we don't bury our talents. What that means is whenever fear comes, we want to be fearless. We want to lead the way. We want to use everything God has given us and make the most of the kingdom opportunities that the Lord's placed before us. We're a church that prays until something happens. We are continuing to pray. We are praying this Wednesday night on our online prayer meeting for people to be healed of uh, COVID-19, for the Lord to move in their lives, for the Lord to touch them right where they are, and we're going to continue to pray. In fact, we had over 1,000 people, we believe, um, 
tuning into our online prayer meeting across all different places. We had families gathered together, and it was amazing to see more people ever. It was our greatest attended prayer meeting. Who would have thought that our biggest prayer meeting wasn't inside the walls of the church? We want heaven here. As we think about that value, many of you know it very well. When we say that today, what that means is church, the way we're going to approach this is we want to see it like Jesus sees it. We want heaven here. We want the reality of the kingdom to invade this situation. We want to see miracles. We want to see signs and wonders. And we want to see us not overwhelmed by fear, but trusting that there's a God who is over everything, who has great victory. We follow the prompt. Our whole church was started because someone heard the prompting of the Holy Spirit and went. They moved out. They stepped out of their comfort zone. Church, the Lord's been speaking to me. He's been speaking to me and our church leaders that we can make a difference at this hour. And we believe the Holy Spirit is guiding us and he's empowering it all along the way. And finally, we live on mission. We believe our mission field is across the street and around the world. And Jesus is going to use us if we're willing to live out his purposes. He's going to lead us. So just to recap, we come to Jesus with the need. We then bring what we have to him. And then we're obedient to his word. And you want to see what he does? Follow me. This is what he does. Today, one of our strategic partners, Convoy of Hope, an amazing partner that is first to respond to the needs of crisis around the world, has just delivered 27,000 pounds of relief supply to our building to help meet the needs of what's going on all around us. Come on, right now, right where you are, begin to praise God. Begin to thank God for his supernatural provision, for his power to multiply, for his power to meet us right where we are. The Lord is working a miracle and we get to be a part of it. So right here, let's look at what we have. Let's just take a little tour. Toilet paper. In fact, he doesn't just give us toilet paper. He gives us sweet lilac and vanilla. It's like milk and honey, man. It's amazing. We have sparkle. We have some, some uh, paper towels. We have cases of water. We have some mini fudge stripes. We have all kinds of amazing things. And so we have all the supplies. We even have disinfecting wipes. We have everything that will be needed to meet the needs. In fact, Convoy of Hope has also sent personal hygiene kits for everyone to be able to be a part of um, having sanitation, having what they need at this hour. We even have supplies. We have diapers, different sizes, wipes for young parents and people that are in need. Jesus has surely met us at this hour. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to come to Jesus with what we have. And now the Lord's poured out. He's opened the windows of heaven. I mean, look all around here. All around this room, we see all the provision that he's already begun to pour out. And what we're going to do, the vision God has given us, the vision God's poured in my heart and the hearts of our leaders that we're going to gather together. We're going to take every safety measure possible. And we are going to meet the need. Here's the vision. You ready? We want to bring hope to every doorstep in New Jersey. We're believing that the Lord's going to give us the ability to meet every person who's vulnerable, every person who has contracted COVID or will contract COVID when they get home from the hospital and begin their 14-day quarantine, that the church is going to come and deliver a box of hope to their front door, praying that God's going to meet them and speak to them and know and help them know that he is ready to meet the need. And so what we do is we bring what we have. We then begin to place it in these boxes of hope. And we're also going to add in some other resources, some encouraging words, devotionals, other things along those lines, things that can help point them towards God's love and what it means to have a relationship with him. We're going to box that up. We're going to take it, place it in our trunk of our car. 
And then as people let us know where they are, we're going to deliver a box of hope to their front door to show them there is a God who is on his throne, who loves them, and hope is on the way. Come on, church, can we just praise God that he is on the move, he has a plan, and he's ready to work through us if we're ready to partner with him. And so here's what I want you to do. I want to give you a few things that you can do right now to be a part of this massive undertaking. Take out your phone one more time, and there's a few things that I want to instruct you to do right now. For some of you, you, you've been asking, where's my opportunity to serve? So take out your phone, text the same number, 908-325-5163, send the word serve. If you text just the word serve to that number, we are going to send you a form back that you can then fill out and let us know that you're available. And when we have opportunities to meet here, uh, to gather boxes or even to deliver boxes to front doorsteps, again, clear, we're not going into homes. We're going to deliver them right to the front doorstep. We're going to pray over every box that as they come in contact with that, that they are going to experience the healing power of Jesus in their life, in their home, and the peace of God will now flood that space and time. So we're going to do that. We're going to deliver. So we have a lot of opportunities, but we have to be very mindful because of the restrictions and because of what's being encouraged. We have to make sure that we're doing shifts, that we're honoring all the recommendations and the mandates set out by our local authorities. But we're going to be ready and we're going to share with you when the opportunities are and what you can do. So fill that out. Just send the word serve and that's going to let us know that you're interested in being a part of meeting the need. Next, maybe right now you're watching and you're vulnerable and you don't have provision and this right now sounds like a godsend, and you're saying, that's exactly what I need at this hour, then I want you to text the word HOPE, H-O-P-E, the word HOPE, to the same number, 908-325-5163. We're going to then send you something to fill out and let us know who you are, where you are. Um, we're not looking to expose that information to anyone, so it's going to just be held with us for this time. Um, and, and, we're, and we ask that you would honor, you know, that you would trust us with that. All we want to do is just bring you something to help you at this time. So we'll get in contact with you and hope will be on the way to your front doorstep as well. Maybe you've contracted the, the virus or someone in your home has and you're afraid right now. You don't know how you're going to get that provision. You text that word hope and let us know and help is on the way. Finally, this is a massive undertaking. In fact, our vision is that the entire state of New Jersey that hope would spread faster than COVID-19. That's it. Hope is going to be moving. And that as every person is even being released from a hospital or getting into their house, that there's going to be a package on the way, a hope box right there on their front door. And as that happens, we believe God is going to move and a revival will sweep across our land. So we need many people to be a part of that. We're inviting many people to join us. And for some of you, you can't get out of your house or you can't serve, or maybe you can, but you want to give in some way. If you'll just text the word give, G-I-V-E, to the same number, 908-325-5163, we will send you a link so you can give towards this massive undertaking and help us make a difference right now. We believe this is just the beginning. We have 27,000 pounds of relief supplies and we believe more is going to be on the way. And not only do we believe that every person in New Jersey is going to find hope at every doorstep. We're believing that this is going to sweep across our nation and every person in the United States of America would receive hope right where they're at and that other churches are going to rise up and take up this mantle. It's beginning here, but we believe it's going to stretch across the country. Amen, church? Come on, let's celebrate right now. Right where you're at, stand to your feet. Would you celebrate? Come on, don't be afraid to lift your voice, to praise God, to thank him for what he's doing because he is going to use us to meet the need. Hope is on 
the way. Let's pray right now. Heavenly Father, Jesus, we thank you that you're the wonder-working God who still works miracles today. We thank you, Lord, for every one of us that you've called for such a time as this to be a part of meeting this need. And as many are running, hiding, and not sure what to do, Lord God, we as your followers desire to be used by you, Lord, in some way. Maybe for some it'll be to give, for some it will be to bring, for some it will be to go and to hand these out, Lord. But we ask you to use us as your followers at this hour to make a difference for your kingdom that will last for eternity. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Praise God, church. I'm so excited for what God has in store.